Hey, welcome to the Backyard Professor videos on Mormonism. I actually should say, welcome to the new Backyard Professor videos on Mormonism. Uh, I've been kind of away for about 10 years from the video making scene on uh, religion, philosophy, history, science, you know, what have you. Economics, no, nothing's more boring than the economy. Actually, the economy these days is kind of spooky, isn't it? Uh, first off, let me say, I am thrilled to be getting back into the groove of the Backyard Professor with this theme of uh, religious examination and historical investigation, things like that. Scientific verification. I mean, you have to use those two words together, right? <laughs> uh, let me first thank my two good friends, RFM and Bill Real, for inviting me to enjoy some very good loud laughter with them and some examination of some of the crazy antics and ideas that the Mormon leaders, the Mormon apologists, Mormons in general come up with. Not because there is hatred here. I don't, I don't get that gist at all. But because we want the further light and knowledge that Father promised, even though Mormons believe that applies only to them, we don't. We think that a broader context. We think that a deeper plumbing of knowledge and evidence and background circumstances has been kept from John Q. Public Mormonism. And it's time to open up. It's time to investigate, explore, have some fun. Look, when you get to be our age, if you're not laughing a little bit and enjoying yourself and having a good time, then what's the point, right? But uh, Bill and RFM have graciously invited me into participating with them in their wonderful program of Let's explore, let's investigate, let's learn together. Let's get rid of the boredom and let's get rid of the censorship. And you know, you always say this word and everyone instantly labels you. Let's get rid of the brainwashing. And they say, oh yeah, you know, now you're just an anti-Mormon. I don't think so. I'm going to share something. Now, I didn't invent this saying, but I'm going to share something with you that is deeply, deeply perspective shifting. And I'm going to share it with you and see if you don't get this change. I did not have a faith crisis. The church has a truth crisis. Now, did you feel that shift? When I first come across that, <laughs> something shifted, for real. Uh, it, it just 
basically turned a light bulb on. And that was a terrific moment for me. And the reason that was such a powerful concept is, and this is unfortunate, but the church really does emphasize, even with their cheap chintzy pop psychology, it's built into their vocabulary, the choice of words they use, uh, the manner in which they use them, the contexts they bring up in order to ensure that in the total picture, we somehow are always either full of guilt or fear. And when you're in it, I don't know how else to explain this, but all of us here at Mormon Discussions, uh, Mormonism Live with Radio Free Mormon and now me, the backyard professor on Mormonism, all of us have experienced that, as has all of you. And sometimes that is a difficult thing, you know. We have felt the tensions. We have felt that black sticky fear. What did they say in conference a couple years ago, you know? Well, where will you go? Oh, where will you go? You see, the implication is, you're lost. And we get so used to them being in control of the package um, of labels, you know, oh well, you're, you're losing the spirit. You're heading toward a train wreck. You're heading toward apostasy. Even the concept, you are in apostasy. Ooh, could be negative. Oh, you're letting your doubts get the better of you. See, the implication is everything you're doing in exploring or even asking the question, because you need a genuine clarification, it's couched in a negative guilt-inducing or fear-inducing approach that quells you. It intimidates us. And that causes fear. Oh, well, I, I, I better hurry up and get back in line. Get back in line. Well, it's all a cheap pop psychology. And that is what we are demonstrating, and that's what we're showing through our various kinds of investigations, uh, book reviews, interviews, person one-on-one, -on -one, uh, analyzing new historical data as it comes out, discussing the philosophy of men mingled with scripture, which is what the leaders do. They're just too myopic to see that it's just their philosophy that they mingle with cherry-picked scripture. Sure. You know what Bayes' theorem basically does for you that I've discovered that I think is quite valuable is it gives you a basis for asking the better questions, which in turn will help you find more profoundly accurate answers. It does not lead to certainty. Look, certainty is just simply unavailable. Anybody 
and that's certain. <laughs> Anybody who tells you that certainty is absolutely real doesn't know what they're talking about, and I'm certain about that, yeah. Nice paradox, huh? <laughs> what Bayes does is it gives us basically a... Uh, it helps us control our own subjectivity is what it does. And as we acquire more information, then we update our beliefs, you know, with the background knowledge of how the world works. And when new evidences show up, and they always inevitably do, then it's very necessary to upgrade. If you don't, you get outdated, man. And that's why general conferences are so flippin' boring, you know? Not only their drizzle, monotone voice, but they keep repeating the same stuff over and over. And they've got the Mormons convinced that, oh, that's because we're not living the words of the Lord that they give us, and so we're not worthy, and on and on and on. And so they can just repeat endlessly and keep you in a very small little intellectual loop and continue taking money from them. That's why they appear to be so 1940s and 50-ish in their thinking, because that's exactly where they're stuck, because they don't upgrade. Now, they're starting to recognize, now that the Internet has shown up, yeah, you know, they can no longer really technically control the narrative. So, with all of our ability to share our knowledge with all of our ability behind the scenes to discuss issues that don't make sense to us the way the church presents it to us. Because we say, well, they said this and this and this about the Book of Mormon, but so-and-so has shown with some good evidence this. And that makes their conclusion real questionable. That's what they won't show you. Well, Bayes' theorem helps you bring in all of it as best you can. Here's how it helped me ask the better questions that is invaluable, and I'll pass this on to you. And I will be using this approach in many, many of my up-and-coming videos simply because I find it works very, very well. And the Mormons have discovered Bayes' theorem. The remarkable thing is I know some professional statisticians and Bayes' theorem users, and they have been demonstrating to us that in every instance they are being, they are misusing Bayes' theorem. Now the correct cure for that is not to just throw out Bayes' theorem. A lot of people say, well, the fault is with the theorem. No, it's not. It's a scientifically established, proven way to work through the probabilities as objectively as we can to be justified in our belief until further light and knowledge from Father shows up, right? Because we're fallible. That's how it is. I know it sucks, but get over it. We're fallible. So we constantly have to keep learning, right? Or else you stagnate, you know. Go to General Conference. You'll see perfect examples of stagnation constantly there every time some of those guys speak. So, let me share with you the kind of questions that can help you explore any issue. It doesn't matter what subject. How the church has taught us to ask the questions 
about whatever evidence it is they're presenting of either their doctrines, their policies, their philosophies, their revelations, the scriptures. And this is the apologists have adopted this lock, stock, and barrel, is they ask, is Joseph Smith a true prophet? Is Mormonism true? Ask about these things and see, is this true or not? See, there's an absolutism in this type of an approach that simply doesn't exist out here in our reality. It just doesn't. Because there's nothing absolute, and that's absolutely true. <laughs> Again, that beautiful paradox, right? What Bay says is, let's check out the probability. So the question isn't, is it true? The question that I've been asking, and that has helped me immensely here, is, okay, we have a claim, uh, and here's why the church says the claim is accurate, true, it's real. You really should align yourself with the brethren, with the church, etc., because of this and this and this. Instead of asking, is it true, we can now ask, using the Bayesian thinking approach, is this the kind of evidence I would expect to see if that claim was accurate? Or is this the kind of evidence I would see if the claim is not accurate? What we're doing is we're putting the claim in a ratio with the other part of a different claim that the church is ignoring, and then you see which is probably more true. And the church has never approached it this way. So that has helped me immensely, and I will get into that more and more and more. But you know what makes this whole situation with Bayes' theorem so astonishing is because Joseph Smith himself gave us a Bayesian probability concerning the theme of revelation in the Mormonism for himself and for all future prophets, for prophets absolutely everywhere in the world. It doesn't matter who prophesies or who has a revelation. The situation was they were desperate for some money. Joseph Smith received a revelation that he was to send the brethren off to Canada to sell the copyright of the Book of Mormon. And he said that I've received a revelation and he sent a, a few of the brethren. They went to Canada to sell the copyright of the Book of Mormon and they failed, which positively disheartened them and blew their minds and they said, no, this can't possibly be. And when they got back, they asked Joseph Smith, why did we fail when you were given a revelation that that is exactly what we are supposed to do? There goes the doom buggies. <laughs> so when they came back, they were full of consternation and they were asking Joseph, you received a revelation 
that we were supposed to go do this and that we would succeed. Why did we fail? And Joseph Smith let the cat out of the bag from his own view, he said, he gave us the probability. He said, well, some revelations are from God, some revelations are just from men, and some revelations are from the devil. And it's ironic that they were trying to sell the copyright of a book that in its opening chapters described how Nephi said the Lord would never give a commandment to accomplish a goal without him giving us the power to accomplish that mission. And yet they failed to sell the copyright. But do you see what Joseph Smith unwittingly did? He divided the entire probability space, which is 100%, into three. Some revelations are from God, some from men, some from the devil. So that the probability is only ever 33 mere percent that a revelation is genuinely from God. And this is from Joseph Smith's own view. So, should we ever have the probability high enough that any revelation is ever from God without some really, really, really powerful evidence that it is from God and not just man's opinion or not being deceptive from the devil. 33% is nothing. It's going to take some very, very good evidence to overcome that extremely low probability. This theme of the opinion of men. Modern prophets do that today with former doctrines such as the Adam God or blacks getting the priesthood or information on the book of Abraham, etc. through the church essays that they say, well, that was just their opinion. But they testified that the Holy Ghost moved them to say what they said. They testified what they were saying was true doctrine. And the millions of people in the church also receive testimonies from the Holy Ghost. Now, what does that tell us about the Holy Ghost? Is it even real? Is it doing its job properly? Or is there any assurance whatsoever? Doesn't seem to be much, does there? 33% is nothing to crow about. In the meantime, let me just say what I am looking forward to having a laugh with Bill and RFM in so many of our investigations with our ideas. Uh, definitely, you gotta laugh. Laughter is actually good for the soul. It just is, you know. The laughing Savior, that's the part in the scripture that is completely missing. You know, Jesus is such a stodgy, straight-laced, Joseph Fielding Smith type fundamentalist bore in the scriptures, I don't accept that view. I really don't. <laughs> I think there's a whole lot more to God than we humans who love to keep creating him in our image. I mean, aren't you glad Joseph Fielding Smith and Bruce R. McConkie's stodgy doctrinal authoritative view didn't actually hold for very long? 
boy, I'll tell you what, that was a bullet that Mormonism dodged, but I had to live through that era, so I, I, I. Anyway, I am looking forward to getting to know you, our audience. Uh, I am back. I'm going to be prolific. I'm going to be productive. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of insights. I'm going to do several book reviews of the Neo-Apologetics. Hey, let me give you a brief moment here, a comment on the new Mormon apologetic that has uh, been being built up, say, over the last eight, ten years. And it's very interesting. It's far more sophisticated than the bludgeoning, in-your-face, ad hominem attacking of the old farms school. Let me share some ideas on the new apologetics that we are definitely going to be analyzing. And yes, you are going to notice that there's probably going to be a little bit of irreverence. Uh, a little bit of mockery for silliness and stupidity displayed. Yes, that's not because we hate anybody. We don't hate anybody. We have the Mr. Rogers approach, more or less. We like you just the way you are. We just wish your antics and your information was better, right? This neo-apologetics is attempting to get to that, more or less, in a better manner. And I'm thinking of, like, the Terrell Givens approach. The man is very sophisticated. He's obviously very knowledgeable. Many of the old farms scholars are very knowledgeable. There's no question about that. But that doesn't make you correct. Knowledge is irrelevant to truth in some respects that way if you're very smart, have a high IQ, and hold a PhD. I mean, even if the Mormons would stop and think about it, how many billions of very intelligent people belong to other religions, which of course in the back of the Mormon mind is, well, they're apostate, and they don't have the total truth like us. In other words, IQ, intelligence, and PhDs didn't get them to the truth. So what makes the Mormons think they have it? They are not exploring their own biases, their own backgrounds. Terrell Givens is excellent with this. I'm going to be talking about several of his materials. Uh, I'm going to be talking about Stephen L. Peck, an exceptionally excellent BYU biologist who is beginning to be a compatibilist, meaning he's trying to integrate evolution within Mormonism. Um, I think that is a very much better direction. I still disagree with, with a bit of what he says, but I really like him. I believe in giving credit where credit's due, man. I mean, look, if Joseph Smith got something right, give him credit, sure. I mean, if Daniel C. Peterson from the old farms ad hominem hit and run, uh, got something right, give him credit, you know, etc. But for the most part, I disagree with a lot of that. And I will express that, as will RFM and Bill Reel. And I mean, we're exploring all aspects, you know. Stephen L. Peck is an exceptionally good LDS author. And then, of course, the, uh, the author of the book Planted, can't think of his name right off the top of my head. Anyway, 
we'll, we'll be exploring a lot of this stuff. They already are. Now that I'm on board, I'm going to be jumping in. I'm, I'm a little late to the party, which is so typical of me. <laughs> oh, well, you know, at least I showed up better late than never. So we're going to have a, we're going to have a good time. But Richard Bushman was correct. Now, isn't it interesting, the reaction of John Q. Public Mormon to uh, Richard Bushman's Joseph Smith Rough Stone Rolling? There's a lot of them who say he was an anti-Mormon. They're saying, oh, well, what he's doing is he's liberalizing. Oh, horror. He's liberalizing the history. And we shouldn't. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Let's stay with the old narrative. We feel the spirit in the old narrative. This new approach of including more is really, really bad. You see, but that's how the brainwashed approach reacts to new extra knowledge that has been left out. Joseph Fielding Smith, so stupidly, when he found that extra copy of a different version of the first vision, hid it. He wanted to destroy it, but instead he stuck it away in a vault for 20, 25 years until they found it later. Now, that's not a man who wants truth. That's a man who wants to brainwash you and teach dogma, teach Mormon doctrine. Doctrine is just simply someone's opinion too. Did you know that? It is. Everything written in the scriptures is someone's ancient opinion, someone else's ancient idea with their philosophy which, ultimately, the scripture is simply the philosophy of men anyway, right? And so any interpretation of the scripture is more philosophy of men mingled with the philosophy of the ancient men, mingled with, ta-da, scripture, hello. Yeah, it's all philosophy, man. Years ago, when I interviewed Blake Osler, when I was at a fair conference, that's basically what he admitted. He said, well, you're not going to get away from the idea of philosophy. Everything is philosophy. Right. But that's an important point to arrive at. When you see that light turn on, you realize it's more or less, how would you call this? Not an intimidation factor. That doesn't quite have the right flavor. But it's more or less a, uh, well, it, it's an intimidation factor that the church leadership uses on us to keep us. See, here's their cheap, chintzy amateur pop psychology again. They want to keep you studying their materials. Only church-approved materials, please. In church, out of church, etc. Because... The philosophy of men mingled with scripture. Oh, well, that's not going to be as enlightening as our revelatory materials. And I mean, it's the old 1940s, 50s thinking. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot to talk about. And I'm thrilled to be here to be able to share with you. I'm going to let her go. I'm going to uncork this. We're going to produce a lot of videos. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of information. Look, you guys, uh, sometimes 
you have to produce an hour and a half long video to get the background that the church has left out. Now we're complaining, hey, you're hiding the history from us. Well then don't get angry if RFM, Bill Real, and myself give us that extra history stuff that does change the conclusions the church has come to. Don't get mad at us if we have a two and a half hour long video. You know, do you want to see what they've hidden or not? Nobody's going to be satisfied with just us saying, well, the church is wrong. That doesn't give you anything. The question is, why is it wrong, and how do you know it's wrong, and what evidence do you have so that I can upgrade my beliefs and knowledge? Yeah, sometimes that takes time. So this, this, even society has brainwashed us into believing that we can't take the time to really learn the whys. We don't want to just tell you the answers. We want to explain why. We believe our upgraded knowledge, again, fallible, but upgraded knowledge, is justified. Why we don't agree with the conclusions of Mormonism, of the Mormon apologists, etc. That's what we're doing. So some of our videos and our interviews and all that are going to be a little longer. Some of them are going to be shorter, like this one. I'm done. I'm, I'm beginning to repeat myself. My wife always tells me, stop repeating yourself. When you start repeating yourself, you're done. So I'm done. So anyway, thank you for the hearty welcome. You all are awesome. We love our audience. We are looking forward to having some really fun times. We're looking forward to giving you some terrific video. We're looking forward to showing you the new, which is the old, historical background. The accurate, the more accurate, probabilistically more accurate conclusions we can come to because we are bringing in the evidences that they have not. We are bringing in the historic background that they have not. We are analyzing the philosophical conundrums and ideas that they are not. And so it's obvious with the upgraded information we're not going to come to the same end point that they do. And it's not because we're hating the Mormons. It's that the system isn't working right. And we're here to show you why and how and all that. And we are enjoying it. And we hope you are enjoying it. So stay tuned. A lot more to come and I will say this just like I say it on the end of my chess videos I do make chess videos on my other channel be good do well have fun and I will see you in the next backyard professor videos on Mormonism